Welcome to today's episode of the Bowtie Guy Podcast. On today's episode, episode 30, we're going to raise the roof. How are we going to raise the roof? We're going to raise the rigor. What in the blue moon is rigor? Well, we're going to find out in the midst of this episode. This book that we're going to be referencing is written by Eileen Depka, Raising the Rigor, Effective Questioning Strategies and Techniques for the Classroom. You know what? The adept use of questioning has the power to enhance students' critical thinking skills and learning. Are we cultivating a village of thinkers? I'm serious. We have to teach these children, these these developing, blossoming flowers. We have to teach them how to think in this 21st century where, you know what? It's pretty much a, a guarantee that you can just about do anything you want to and that this world that we currently have, we're preparing kids for a world that doesn't even exist yet. I'm serious. When I was in elementary school, who knew that just about everybody would have an iPhone and that with an iPhone, you could be an entrepreneur and run your entire business and effectively say goodbye to the slavery and the boundaries and the chains of a 40-hour work week. I'm serious. So with the right strategies in place, kindergarten through 12 teachers, you know what? They can visualize the best way that they can to help students expand their knowledge. You know what? One thing I want to bring light to is that, you know, I didn't come into education with the understanding of the complexity of learning, the the ratcheting of rigor that comes with learning. I did not realize when, you know, you hear all these uh, vocabulary terms, these gurus of education, but you know what? You don't ever make that connection or application until you're actually putting it into practice. Now you hear these, these, these buzzwords and these, these gurus such as blooms, Gardner, etc. But but the, the practical use of Bloom's taxonomy to ratchet the rigor, to really dive in deep to the verb of every standard, every objective that you're asking your students to do. Most of the objectives, most of the standards of which we were we are to perform come with a verb in the sense that they're performance targets. There's a performance that is to be expected in order to access, meet, and potentially exceed that standard. You know what? I think one thing that's universal in the, in the scope and sequence of education is that it, that it can be incredibly rewarding. Even though it's often a thankless job, there are little nuggets of rewards that can be found everywhere. You just got to, you just got to exercise some mindfulness and exercise some patience. And you know what? They will be revealed to you wide open like a sucker punch. And you know what? One thing we can universally agree on is that <laughs> education is frustrating. You know what? Teaching as a profession, it's like no other. Think about it. Does a doctor have to spend tons and tons of of their own personal money to uh, buy the tools that they need to um, be effective and effectual in their practice? No. Teaching is the only profession that I'm aware of that they got to spend most of their income doing their job. That's kind of backwards. That's something as a society I would love for us to inevitably fix. You know, teachers, we impact the lives of hundreds of young individuals. I'd say over the course of my decade in education, I can say that I actually had, you know, they had the touch. I had the touch of about a thousand kids. Now, granted, the the longer I was in education, the longer, I guess, we got into the fruity booty uh, politics of, uh, you know, I used to be self-contained, but then we we blew that mug up and, and not by choice. But in third grade, a student can expect to have five different core teachers in the midst of a day, which, you know, I find rather confusing 
and, and not really developmentally appropriate for a third grader, but you have to understand that, you know, that's a lot, that's, that's more lives that I could touch. And that was always the justification. James, Mr. Horton, Bowtie guy, if you're such a good teacher, then you can touch more students in a system where you're, you're changing classes throughout the midst of the day. Well, that's one thing that we can assume as teachers that we can make a difference. We all know that teaching is a, that's a huge responsibility. You know what? We always want what is best for our students, just like a good parent. I mean, seriously, what parent wants their child to fail? No, we're all advocates of our children. And it's like we have surrogate children Monday through Friday at school. So the path to success is not exactly clear. That's where we got to do some rooty booty, fresh and fruity detective work to figure out what it is we can do as teachers to access the tools that we need to teach these children. We need to teach the, these children a skill set that they can compensate, they can reach and scaffold and, and, and meet and exceed standards and objectives and, and, and expectations of them in this lifetime. So you know what? <clears throat> the thrilling moments that we have usually come when students demonstrate their knowledge of those learning expectations, those standards, if you will, those learning targets, if you will. There are moments of confusion when students state loudly and clear. I mean, they're like blowing that mug up. They're like loud and proud, baby. We've never learned this before. And I love to gobsmack the students in the sense that I love teaching them something that they will go home and they will share. Isn't that good teaching? They take the steeple to the people. You give them such a good seed of knowledge, such a good nugget of knowledge, they can't help but share it. That's good. Like, look, I know another teacher that was real good like that, that Jesus guy. He, he tended to have the gift that kept giving, if you know what I'm saying. See, teaching, teaching is like, a, it is a service, but it's also a product. See, we're, 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 we're delivering a product every single day. But what kind of product is it? Will it stick? What I'm saying is, are we allowing our students to build for transfer? Can they take that knowledge that they're acquiring and apply it to other disciplines? I mean, you could get real freaky deaky with it when I, if you really want to think about it. You could really maximize that instructional time to where students are taking nuggets of knowledge and they are just blowing up their background information, blowing up that potential schema in order to effectively make them better thinkers, better learners, and to give them a much much more vast uh, range of schema and background information that they could pull from when they're exercising their speaking, their writing, their reading. Now, here's what we can also understand. That, you know what, there's always going to be a need for patient response. Because so, so often we don't give the kids the wait time that they need. You know, there's always going to be a need for reteaching. There's always going to be a need for reminders. There's always going to be a need for new experiences to solidify the previous learning that these students have. You know, government is one of the most abstract concepts to teach little kids. Why? Because they're not employed, and I'm not talking in the financial aspect, I'm talking about just the practical sense. Little kids, they have a hard time understanding the abstractness of, of government in the sense that we have three branches of government, but they're all separate but equal. And that they have interchangeable powers and then they have checks and balances. That is abstract to teach a little child. And so that's where you have to really dive in deep and you have to just scaffold. You have to, you have to construct and see, and, and I hate to think this way. I've always been told, you know, begin as if they know nothing. Now that's not necessarily true. A good differentiator, a good maestro, if you will, of the orchestra of a classroom, they, they're gauging the, uh, the anticipation 
of the, of the class. And that's where you can utilize a research-based strategy such as an anticipation guide, also known as a KWL chart. Because you know what? Why waste time? You need to maximize that instructional time and, and you know, like take a moment. It doesn't take too long. And it's a great anecdotal record that you can save for possible evaluation or if you need evidence that you are um, rocking, you're popping and locking in a performance standard for teaching. Now, some students engage in classroom discussion. That's one thing I love because you know what? It didn't require pencil and paper. And I, tend, I tended to have a much more enhanced sense of engagement because, you know, I believe many of our students, less, you know, if they have a speech issue, um, they, they usually love to talk. <laughs> Kids flap their gums. They, we're always trying to reel them in. So I always like utilizing uh, strategies such as think, pair, share for assessment because I think teachers at times, we try to do too much. We're, look, and, and I know we never admit it, but we, we tend to think that we're so pious that we, we're the main, we're, we're the only source of information that can be had. I love to create a culture in my classroom where we can think, we can pair, we can share. And you know what? It's less of me and more of them because effectively that's what good classroom management is. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to bear the burden of education because last time I checked, you passed the third grade. You passed the fourth grade. You passed the fifth grade. Look, you don't need to do all the work. These kids are young. These kids are able. These kids need to be infected with enthusiasm and hustle to meet the needs of the 21st century. There's no secret why we have these college and career readiness this and that. Look, because we're raising a generation, hopefully, that will be prepared for what is not even created yet. That iPhone I was telling you about earlier. Gosh, if I would have known that an iPhone would have existed and the utility and the power and the potential and opportunity that they provide, I would have spent a lot more time honing my craft in technology, especially with coding. So that who's to say? I couldn't create apps. I couldn't create educational uh, applications that students can enhance their understanding of a certain content area. I mean, we gotta practice, we, we gotta practice what we preach, but also what do you know what, like what you don't even know what you're going to be doing you have to be so mindful as to know that that for what we're preparing these kids for look it doesn't even exist yet so we have to do the things that Piaget recommended we have to teach them to be thinkers now that that's not very difficult and it may and, but it may be a little agonizing but you know what we have to create a culture of mindfulness create a culture of of habits of mind the, of, of these little friendly free reminders that we can do things, that, you know, the growth mindset, that, that we, we don't need to have negative self-talk, that we can accomplish all things. Let's check out part two next.